When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and you're listening to Season 4, Episode 60. It's me, it's Andy, coming at you solo tonight as James has a roller hockey game of his own. As I'm recording this podcast, it is the first intermission for Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final of the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Florida Panthers. Uh, Canes going up 1-0 on a five-on-three power play goal, although it looks pretty evenly matched. In fact, other than that, I thought the Panthers actually maybe had a little bit slight edge in play, but we'll get to that later. I guess the most disheartening thing as a Rangers fan, this is a Rangers podcast after all, is watching the level of commitment for both of these teams and just watching some of the game, uh, watching game seven against Dallas and the Kraken the other night and just seeing that the Rangers were nowhere close to the level of total team commitment and laying it on the line and effort that you are seeing from these teams that are still left remaining in the East and the West. Uh, I suppose without James, I'm going to become maybe the negative one and find a way to somehow make all this uh, the Rangers' fault yet again. But honestly, if you think about it, just by looking at the component makeup of the teams that are remaining in the playoffs, you just see how balanced their lineups are. And it's not, the Rangers on paper are technically better than some of the lineups that of the, the remaining teams in the league. But it's, again, it's not about, you can have all the star power accolades you want and all maybe all the skill in the world, but the, the will was clearly lacking. And you have just teams of 23-man rosters who are buying in left in the playoffs. And every line has uh, at least one forward who's committed to four-checking. Every line has one forward or at least two forwards or all four forwards, honestly, who are committed to being defensively responsible. Everyone's trying to get back. Everyone's trying to be aware and alert. It's not They're not flying the zone. They're not being lackadaisical. They're not trying to jam a square peg into a round hole shift by shift. And that's exactly what we saw at the Rangers. Just not enough effort, not enough skating, not enough commitment, uh, no answers, no adjustments. And, but these teams seem to have it and they, 
they're adapting to one another as these series go on and just hell it just minutes into the game just every shift it's like if something's not working they're changing it up so just kind of shows you where just what the rangers need to get back to um because they were in this position a scant year ago and now they've pretty much backslid which is uh not good no bueno but anyway, no use crying over spilt milk. Uh, I guess we should start this podcast with a, any updates uh, on the coaching front, the coaching search for the New York Rangers. Now, mind you, this all continues to be endless speculation from beat writers, insiders, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Some of it is on their part is just speculation and just thinking or just trying to put pieces together, but uh, we there are a few nuggets. I mean, obviously, when James and I recorded our last podcast, we were talking about all the possibilities for the New York Rangers. Uh, a big one of that was Mike Sullivan from the Penguins, if he was indeed to be let go. Water has been doused on that fire for now, with Sullivan coming out and saying he's committed to the Penguins, although I suppose if the when the Penguins, who are currently conducting their search for a new general manager and president of Hockey Ops, when that person is brought in, they may indeed want to uh, name a new head coach when speaking with players, but Sullivan's a good coach and just hasn't had a good roster to work with. I, you know, the, the Pens finally missing for the first time in forever. Um so, but I, I doubt they'll, maybe they give him, they'll probably give him one more year with the new coach to see if it goes well. And if they miss the playoffs again, then he might be made available, but that won't help the Rangers by them. They need a head coach uh, for next season because they are currently without one. Uh, but other than that, I mean, there's been a lot of, there was some weird talk about Mike Babcock. Uh, and it was pretty much intimated, I believe, by Elliot Friedman that they're not sure that, that, Every, some people in the Rangers were apparently interested, but some were wary of it. And also, uh, Babcock is looking, if he was to return, is looking for the right situation. And he doesn't think the pressure cooker of the New York Rangers, which is just a nice way of saying uh, with an owner as uh, impatient as Jim Dolan is, would be the situation for him. Um so that kind of is already the 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 list of names is getting dwindled down. I mean, the Rangers when they fired David Quinn actually had there they had a few already there was a few candidates. I mean, Gallant was always the pretty much the the favorite to be looked at, and he he ended up winning that position. But uh, obviously, like we said, that there was speculation that Chris Drury would want. Um, some head coaching experience or at least national hockey league experience. Uh, you do have to imagine though, that Chris Knobloch will get an interview. I mean, the Hartford Wolfpack were just eliminated by the province Bruins in the AHL Calder cup playoffs, uh, which was, uh, yeah, they had a nice little run. And I mean, there was some, some pretty interesting tidbits. Just, I think Vince Mercogliano just purchased a purchase, just published a story an interview with uh, Knobloch, just basically about how Hartford was able to turn their fortunes around and make a run of the postseason, basically saying that um, that uh, you know the way they were playing wasn't really working, so he kind of adopted a little bit more of a looser run and gun style to really unlock his players offensively, and that's when they kind of 
went on a tear because who knows, maybe he was employing a system similar to Gerard Gallant, like the big club. It just wasn't working. He said, you know what? This isn't working. He identified it and he said, we're going to make this work. So um, uh, they do that. And lo and behold, Hartford just down the stretch becomes an absolute wagon, goes on a nice run, makes it through two rounds, but ultimately uh, gets eliminated in the third rounds of the eight Calder Cup playoffs. But uh, obviously, as a Ranger fan, you love to hear that. It's like, what? Adjustments? Wasn't working? Changing system? System at all? You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see that, uh, how that shapes out. If he, He'll definitely get an interview, but uh, you know, I don't know if the Rangers necessarily want to go in that direction. Um, I mean, obviously, Peter Laviolette is right now kind of seems like it's going to be him, which I'm not so keen on. But not, it's not to say Laviolette's not a good coach. It's just that considering you're coming off of another retread from the coaching carousel who's been around forever and might be a little too steadfast in their ways and unwilling to to play the youngsters in some of his other stops. I mean, obviously, that's kind of just sounds like Gerard Gallant 2.0. But he's had success. He's, you know, coached a couple teams to cup finals. He won the Stanley Cup with the Carolina Hurricanes in 06. Um, so, I mean, you know, other than his stint in Washington, which did not really work out, he was, you know, he had a pretty nice little run in Nashville before they had to move him, and obviously... Uh, led them to a cup final. Before that, he was with Philly for a number of years, led them to a cup final. Uh, and like I had mentioned, he, he has won a Stanley Cup, albeit it was in 2006, so quite a while ago. But um, yeah, you know, he's had some success, obviously not the most inspiring choice, but it definitely seems like right now that uh, would most likely be Chris Dury's first choice, I guess just based on if his job is on the line and he wants a proven track record. But, however, there is still speculation that uh, of a coach maybe like Jay, some assistant somewhere, like Jay Leach, who's currently an assistant in Seattle with the Kraken. Um, the way they played, you know, despite getting eliminated by the Dallas Stars, you look the way they played despite not having any top-tier talent, and it's exactly, that's what the Rangers needed, was needed some of that play. If you, they could just combine I know if I say just make it sound so easy but you know just combining a, a attacking support system and a system period and adjustments mixed with their natural pedigree of talent that they are innately possess I mean that's a recipe for success so a guy like Leach who uh relatively recently I think he started coaching in the I don't know like uh probably like 2013-14, you know, after calling a career on his NHL career. But I think working is – actually, I think he coached overseas, but then he worked his way through the Penguin system with Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Um, He was head coach of the Providence Bruins in the Bruins system. Um, And, yeah, now he's an assistant with uh, Dave Haxtell in Seattle. And uh, he's had success in his rungs along the way. And, uh, yeah, it's – again, it's just – you look at a lot of the uh, the coaches that are left, and other than obviously Paul Maurice, who's a, a retread. So that's not to say, you know, that's not to say retreads can't be a good or bad thing. But it kind of has to be the right mix for the right guy. I just think with the, for the Rangers who have talent, they need someone who can talk to their talented players. But they're tr- all right. The, 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 tangent incoming, but 
obviously the Rangers are trying to do two things at once. They want to have their cake. They need it too. They want to have a bunch of skilled players, but get them to play a committed hard nose in your face style. At least this was the under Gerard Gallant. Uh, They have, they want to develop their draft picks. They're, first and second and you know all the first overall picks they've had over the years but they have constantly had or chose chosen honestly let's call it what it is chosen to do so by putting them in a supporting role to players like Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, uh, you know Ryan Strom, now Vinny Trocek, just the players they've had before them and have just said, you know, they'll just develop. It's fine. They'll develop in a third-line role, and then the cream will rise to the top. Well, that clearly doesn't work. We've seen pretty much in the National Hockey League what happens is that you force-feed these kids ice time no matter what, and they might, even if they do struggle for a season or two, they get a little bit better and better and better. And you look at Jack Hughes, like, injured, maybe a little bit disappointing of a season his first year. Definitely better, more flashes, still getting injured, too. And then third year, he just pops off. You know what I mean? And... um. It's the Rangers. I mean, obviously, the kids, whether people want to admit this or not, there have been those incremental steps forward. It's just been so slow relative to some of their peers in the National Hockey League who get put in position, primary positions pretty much right out of the gate, you know? So, uh, yeah, but I mean, just hearing from Capo Caco in that, in his, uh, breakup day interview he wants more ice time he made it pretty clear and obviously we know now that interviews with the players probably most likely the kids having the biggest influence on this is that uh why just not Gerard Gallant just never having the trust in them and obviously we saw the line blundering and you know Kako despite looking really good on the first line at times was Zabanjad and Kreider just getting moved off of that and it's just going to the kid line and just the you know the lack of power play time it's just you know it's they've tried to do it two ways so if you if you really that's the only way you want to do it then I think you know you're not going to do it with a retread of Gerard Gallant you know what I mean so um yeah maybe a guy like Jay Leach can do that he's a newer coach he can kind of speak to the kids he's, he's a former NHL player so you would hope he'd have the respect of the veterans in the room and um you know he's had some success albeit as an assistant coach but not that Dave Haxtall is like a super coach by any means, you know. So, uh, but again, listen, I mean, people also don't want to admit this. We we put a lot on the coach, but it's personnel. I mean, the coach can, you know, the coach helps or hurts the team, but they don't play the games for them. That's At the end of the day, it's up to the players to do these things. But I think the Rangers looked like a team. They made it to seven games without much help with, from their head coach because he got thoroughly outcoached by Lindy Ruff. So, who let's let's face it maybe not also not a tactician in his own right so um but yeah i mean again we're getting daily uh missives from larry brooks for the post about the rangers coaching search and what direction they're going to go in and you know things are changing every moment uh names getting whittled off uh the list as we go but it'll be interesting to see if anything else pops up it'll be actually the most interesting point will be when the Indeed, interviews do start, and although the Rangers keep things pretty tight under wraps, you have to assume people like Frank Sarali and Elliot Friedman will be able to confirm uh, some uh, who has been granted interviews and who has interviewed for the job. And it'll be there'll be some interesting names because I mean, you look at the the names that have interviewed for the uh, the Penguins job, and it's a pretty interesting mix. You have. Uh, People like Eric Tolsky on the one hand interviewing for the general manager position, a pretty analytics-driven 
um, you know, forward-thinking guy. And then on the other, you have like Mark Bergevin, you know? So it's just the, there's always that reticent in the hockey world to, they want to try thing, new things, but they all, it also scares them out. And obviously the teams that usually end up doing it are the teams that are kind of forced to, maybe they're the teams that don't have the, uh, the smaller market teams that just maybe don't have the cap space to really attract bigger free agents who think they can hold off for more money. Um, and just, yeah, they just, they're forced to try to be more creative with their decisions. You know what I mean? And you look at some of the success of Cooper and Brenda Moore and uh, coaches like this who just have worked their way through their systems and their organizations took shots on them because they proved to them homegrown. So obviously you would kind of, that makes us a strong case. You would at least for that, it could work for someone like uh, Chris Knobloch. But um, again, I'm not holding out my hope, hope on that one unless he absolutely crushes his interview with the, and blows, uh, you know, uh, Chris Drury and, I guess, uh, Glenn Sather away. Let's face it. With coffee starting at $5, even without the customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on is Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big named tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, and right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping, and they have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Plus, their earbuds have features such as earbud tap functions, customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in your fit, crystal clear call quality, water and sweat resistance, and more. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. You can check lines and odds for upcoming games at the DraftKings Sportsbook app and pick the bet that fits you best. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus most in eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. 
See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. There is one coach I have not spoken about yet, and that is Patrick Waugh. Um, now, I preface this by saying that you have to be careful which messengers you take credence from, because obviously any any insider maybe would save, although even sometimes unwittingly, is being fed information that individuals want out there, whether it's to help them out, to drive their price up with, uh, to make, yeah, to make teams maybe feel like they are a hotter commodity than they are, or, or, you know, whatever, just to, like I said, just to make it, uh, their salary asks and demands maybe a little bit more, uh, agreeable if they feel like that they're in danger of getting snatched up. But, um, yeah, according to Rod Peterson, uh, Quebec, Ramparts uh, of the QMJHL head coach Patrick Waugh is drawing NHL interest while his team is in the QMJHL final. In fact, he's talking to teams this week. Guess which ones? Dot, 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 dot. Well, you can imagine it would be the teams with uh, head coaching vacancies, so it would probably be the Rangers. Uh, Columbus, potentially. San Jose. Uh, did they Detroit fire their coach? I forget. Uh, but you know the Flames, obviously, and the Rangers being the two that come to my mind first and foremost. And I'd imagine you'd have to imagine. Uh, although I don't think he's at the top of either team's list, I do think he's um, definitely considered for both. And uh, again, do I want Patrick Waugh? No, I do. I think there's nothing. Patrick Waugh hasn't done anything. Yeah, like it's con- yes. Congratulations for him for having his team in the QMJHL final, but you know, and granted, the t- the team he had with Colorado, the first his first and only go around, wasn't uh, wasn't the most stacked. So maybe there's not a single you know you, you could maybe argue that Scotty Bowman wouldn't get a better performance out of that uh, Colorado team when he was the head coach, but uh, yeah, I'm do not want uh, Patrick Waugh as the head coach of the New York Rangers. I'm saying it officially on this podcast. So when it, it is announced that he is the next head coach of the Rangers, uh, yes, I need everyone to hold me to it and don't let me try to glass half full this because I, I don't think that's uh, the move. But, uh, oh, and the Florida Panthers score Alexander Barkov. They tied it up with a hell of a snipe. From him, who's been tremendous. What a fucking great player Alexander Barkov is. Uh, If only the Rangers could draft and develop a high pick, a top three pick into a uh, captain and slash or uh, one of the best players in the National Hockey League, that would be great. What a snipe, too. Damn. But um, anyway, sorry, I digress. And you know what? As I say this, I am now remembering that uh, who is a former teammate of Patrick Waugh? Chris Drury. So, yeah, it's definitely happening now. Uh, geez. Uh, oh, and lo and behold, now as I'm now very professionally perusing Twitter, I see that uh, Pierre Lebrun 
saying Hockey Hall favorite Patrick Waugh, meanwhile, changed representation recently, is uh, definitely returning to an NHL bench if the situation is right. The fact that he's a former teammate of Rangers GM Chris Drury certainly can't be overlooked, at least as a potential connection. So you heard, there it is, folks. There it is. He's uh, next New York Rangers head coach. But, yeah, uh, these uh, rumors and speculation is going to kill me for the next little while. But it is what it is. Um, Yeah, I'm going to save potential NHL draft talk for when James is on the pod. But obviously the Rangers do still possess the 24th overall pick in a pretty stacked draft. I mean, you have to imagine that they will be drafting. Usually you say draft the best player available, but I think just based on what we've seen recently for the Rangers and what they know about themselves, that you could have someone with all the talent in the world. If they are not a good skater, you're, they would probably rather draft someone who has no hands, no hockey IQ or no ability, but can at least skate as opposed to drafting someone who has like, you know, a sick shot and elite hands, but literally just looks like they're skating in mud. Cause the Rangers need more team speed, so they're going to be put a premium on that. Um, we haven't had too many. We've only had really one draft with Chris Drury at uh, the helm, and obviously you could see the the premium that's been put on players like Adam Shakora and um, Brennan Othman and just uh, players that are highly competitive. Brennan Othman, by the way, and the Peterborough Peets are – I think they're one win away from winning the OHL championship and getting a uh, essentially punching their ticket uh, to the Memorial Cup. So, uh, but yeah, basically, like I said, Chris Drury has put a premium on these highly competitive players. Uh, a lot of good players from the U.S. national team development program that you would assume Chris Drury would salivate over if they sh- should be available when the New York Rangers are still picking, although a lot of them, I think, will be gone before the 24th pick. Uh but yeah, we again we shall see, and I'm going to save this talk for James. And as I say that, the Cats go up two to one on another snipe. Uh, Freddie Anderson not looking as good as uh, Bobrovsky this game. Bobrovsky's looked amazing. Uh, honestly, these whole playoffs, he's made some insane saves, which is hilarious because you just know that next year he's just not going to look like the same uh, goaltender. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because goaltending's voodoo. And he, this is a guy who has an elite season and then goes away for a little bit and then comes back, has elite season, goes away for a little bit, comes back. So, uh, but yeah, we're going to keep this podcast short. I won't take up too much of your time, um, especially once I want to save a lot of it for when James gets back. But I, I did want to talk about uh, the speculation in Toronto about the core four, Matthews, Marner, Tavares and William Nylander, and obviously it, it hasn't worked. It hasn't been working, and you have to imagine a change is going to be made. You have a lot of uh, money tied up in those four players, and at the end of the day, it's you have to change something at this point, right? Um, so who's it going to be? And this is not really related to the Rangers. The Rangers do not have the cap space to acquire any of these players uh, at their current salaries unless something crazy happens. But, uh, you know, it was interesting because obviously everyone and their mother has an opinion. It's like, oh, Matthews is going to finally want out or, oh, he's going to go here. He's going to go to what Arizona, which I will talk about in a second. Uh, but, you know, I think, uh, who was it? Was it, um, it was probably uh, like Frank Severali or someone I think I had read earlier that just, and this is speculation, that 
that if who's going to get traded from the Maple Leafs if they're going to trade one of them? Uh, most likely William, and sorry, not William, as uh, Mitch Marner. I mean, you think about it, William Nylander had the best playoffs of all of them as the rest of them were kind of a no-show in that second round. Um, but Matthews is most likely the future captain. You know, he's a number one center. You can't trade those. Uh, Tavares, A, has a no-movement clause. B, is uh, older. You probably won't get at his current contract. He's overpaid, so you probably, even though he has value, I don't think you're going to get what you know anything useful for him. Uh, William Nylander does not make as much money and is more effective in the playoffs than maybe Mitch Marner's better in the regular season, but William Nylander, when it counts, A, makes uh, less money, which makes him more valuable, which gives him more cap space, which they desperately need, and uh, yeah, B, is more effective in the playoffs, where uh, Mitch Marner has year after year really struggled. So um, yeah, it's most likely to be Mitch Marner. So it will be interesting to see what team he goes to if he is traded or which team he is traded to. I mean, you'd have to imagine a lot of teams, like, it's funny to say, I don't know if it would happen, but, I mean, the Columbus Blue Jackets have a, a good, a nice prospect pool. I mean, they're a team that's always looking for talent. If they could get a, a you know, it may be, I mean, you know, it'd be a small line, but who knows? Having Johnny Gaudreau and, and uh, Mitch Marner on the same line could be two little water bugs just kind of going around causing chaos, you know, havoc and chaos with their skating. So it could be fun. But uh, again, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting because at this I still don't think they fire Sheldon Keefe at this point. Um, I think they're going to keep him another, another year, but although, you know, anything could change, but it's just kind of crazy to see that in a lot of ways it's. Yeah, maybe you know it seems like Panarin and and, Neeland, and excuse me Panarin and Mitch Marner, despite the age difference, have kind of have a similar gained a similar reputation of these players that are really good in the regular season, offensive point producers, you know, wizards with the puck. But when the playoffs come, their game kind of falls by the wayside. Although Panarin had a monster playoffs uh, for the Blue Jackets a few you know a few years ago when they swept uh, the uh, the Lightning for the first time, so before they became a dynasty on their road to becoming a dynasty. So it's not like he has it or can't do it. It's just um, it hasn't been there for him the last few crack kicks at the can. But uh, that's not to say with maybe some more support and the right line mates that can't and just a, a coach who actually has a tactical system that won't come together for him. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to see how they're going to approach it because, again, it's like to have that much money tied – up in four forwards is I think in the modern NHL you look at the I think I read something the other day the amount of 10 million plus AAV players left in the NHL playoffs and the answer was like none you know I mean you know the highest paid players who are in the playoffs are now out and now other than I think uh, Matthew Kachuk I mean uh, honestly it's like when you look at like you know between obviously when you look at who are the superstars left in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, so obviously Dallas has a fair number of them now. They have they have they have, they have their aging superstars who maybe I wouldn't say are superstars anymore, like Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan. Although that doesn't mean those players are washed by any means; they're still good. I mean, you have Pavelski, who is a perennial producer, and then obviously you have your Robertson and Hints, who are I would say they are superstar level players. Uh, Vegas has Eichel and Stone, right? You know, I don't know. Is Petrangelo a superstar? 
I don't really know. So maybe you can say those guys, and then that's really it. And then you obviously no one on Carolina right now, although I would argue Aho with his play this postseason kind of finally cemented himself as one of those players. But they are without Pacioretty. They are without Svechnikov. Uh, and then you look at the Florida Panthers. They have Kachuk, obviously. Yes, he is. Uh, but other than that, are, are, I guess maybe we're arguing this season Brandon Montour. Yeah, and that's really it. So, you know, obviously Bobrovsky's played like a superstar for this run here. But it's really just, again, kind of just uh, putting a bow on this podcast or rounding out to my initial point I made when I started is that it's about having balance and buying into your team system and making adjustments. And anything else is, you know, I think the Rangers, or I know the Rangers, got blinded by the thought of having the Harlem Globetrotters and it bit them in the ass because they just didn't have an answer. They were better off last year when they brought in the Vetranos, the Cops, and the Justin Bronze and, and the Mots, and they just, it just filled them out with what they needed, which was role players. But, you know, I think they kind of, I don't want to say they took that for granted. Just they just didn't a didn't have the direction they needed from their head coach, and b it was just a lot of guys were I think used to having someone do the dirty work for them, and then they were ever then when everyone kind of stopped and looked around, everyone was standing around, and that was just by then it was too late. So, um, yeah, that's gonna do it for this one. Um, we'll keep you updated and abreast of all the Rangers related news that should come out over. Hopefully we get some more tidbits as interviews with their, because you you just know the New York Rangers are going to be interviewing people for the next few weeks. They better. They fucking better. Uh, but yeah, uh, continue to enjoy the Eastern Conference Final and the Western Conference Final, which should be underway as you listen to this. Uh, keep watching the World Championships. Hopefully Filipino gets healthy um, after taking that whatever puck to the face, whatever happened to him. Hopefully Finland and Kako, Kapo Kako and um, Miko Rantanen can find some consistency and get their heads out of their butts and you know maybe their coach can actually put some talent with talent instead of just kind of spreading it out with a bunch of bums so uh yeah and we will see you all on uh thursday no today's thursday i'm tired it's late i'm recording this it's past my bedtime i'm old now uh we'll see you all on monday so have a nice weekend everybody thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>